0: Dateline, September 24th, 2010. Well, good day, folks, it's Steve here for the Australian News Desk for episode 116 of the Airplane Geek Show, and joining me from some far-flung location is Grant McHeron. Where are you, mate?
1: Oh, that's right, mate. I'm our roving reporter, and today I'm standing on the edge of the tarmac here at Coolingatta Airport. Uh, code is Yankee Bravo Charlie Gold G for Golf. Uh, well, I said G for Gold Coast, which is where it also actually is, And what you can hear in the background is one of the refueling trucks and the Jetstar A321 taking off. I've come up here for uh, family reasons, but I'm still working. And so naturally, what does one do when one has a bit of time on the Gold Coast? You come down to the airport and hang out.
0: Absolutely. Could think of nothing better.
1: Indeed. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, well, there's going to be a bit of aircraft noise in the background today, but that's life. But, uh, yeah, the Gold Coast is a very interesting part of the world. It's uh, just on the border of New South Wales and Queensland, just to the south of Brisbane. Uh, a lot of beaches thus the Gold Coast name so you get uh, lots of beaches lots of surf uh, generally you have some pretty good weather although where we're staying at the Tweed Heads is renowned for being a bit wet and rainy and when Brisbane is on water rationing uh, they're sort of like throwing water away because it's just everywhere over there mm-hmm. and it's just one hill away from the uh, from the water rationing area it's rather amusing that
0: uh, Well you know what they say about Queensland do they still say uh, beautiful one day perfect the next up there Grant?
1: I think they're trying to but I don't know if it's getting away with it anymore oh <laughs> I'm just watching a GA8 air van to a nice very slow landing at the moment Now now look away from the
0: runway Grant look look away from the runway and let's get this done
1: Okay.
0: Now uh, seeing as you uh, haven't got your laptop with you, we'll have to wing this Uh, Grant, uh, probably the big news this week and we'll try not to confuse them this week uh, Virgin and Etihad, looks like the deal has got the nod after looking uh, pretty dodgy last week, it looks like it's got the nod after all That's
1: right, the ACCC have given approval to the Virgin and Etihad Alliance, it's preliminary approval it's not the full official approval, but it's uh, at least indicated that they're not going to take Qantas' objection on hand. Qantas uh, did turn around and object to Virgin and Etihad having an alliance, which is rather amusing as Qantas has had an alliance with uh, British Airways into Europe for a very long time, and as if that wasn't enough uh, now we're hearing uh, word that Jetstar is starting to look at expanding its global presence to alliances as well. So how can this be a bad thing if Qantas are doing it already and want to do it even more?
0: You know, like we said last week, Grant, it's, you know, Qantas is alright if we do it, but uh, not if Anybody else does? Yeah, no, exactly. Now, of course, uh, Grant, this is not final approval. It's it's more like tentative approval. And uh, in an in a uh, in an article that I'm reading here, uh, Grant, that's in the Australian this week. Um, there's a quote here from the uh, from the regulator that says the ACCC is aware that consumers who book on one of the new services during the period of interim authorization are likely to be affected if the final authorization is denied. So it might be a case of buyer beware. Although uh, there, there would have to be some sort of protection put in there. In fact, uh, Virgin and Eddie Head are, are, are saying that. They're saying that if you buy a ticket on one of these proposed new services and the uh, final decision doesn't go their way, then uh, they're still going to look after you. So, uh, uh, and one would imagine that they they really couldn't do anything else. So they're they're sort of taking the risk here and, and hoping for the best.
1: Yeah, look, it's not the first time that alliances have been shot down and people have been booked post the date of the alliance collapse. Uh, in which case, what's wound up happening is the um, you know, they've organised flights on other services and things and rebooked people and given them some vouchers and things like that. So. I don't see this not happening, I think it's going to happen, but you never know with the A3C. so fingers crossed, and I'd be booking if I had
0: the money to go overseas, mate. Yeah, you and me both, mate, but uh, the upshot of this is, according to John Borghetti, the boss of uh, Virgin, is that uh, between the two airlines, they'll be offering 27 weekly services between Abu Dhabi and Australia, and that includes uh, twice daily services between Abu Dhabi and Sydney, and uh, daily services to Melbourne. Uh, six per week to Brisbane yep. uh, Now this is uh, kicking off from February 2011 So yeah And, and actually an interesting uh, little side uh, tidbit here Grant This will mean that uh, V Australia will be the first uh, carrier to operate uh, direct flights to the Middle East from Australia since 1991
1: Wow That's, that's impressive news because of course we've had direct flights from the Middle East to Australia, but no Australian carriers doing direct flights. So good on via Australia. Hopefully that one all comes
0: together for them. Okay, Grant, and uh, we're probably going to have to rely on, on some very informed commentary from David after this segment runs because we're not actually 100% full bottle on this particular variant. But uh, according to Australia, the Australian Aviation Magazine website, the first Royal Australian Air Force F A eighteen F plus has taken to the skies in St Louis. Now they're saying here wow. that uh, yeah, now they're saying that uh, this is the first of twelve of this. Specific Specific type. Uh, they've got special uh, wiring conduits and avionics racks, and this will allow them to be uh, converted, if the government so chooses at some point in the future, to be upgraded to the EA-18G Growler electronic attack
1: aircraft. Oh, right, it's those ones. Okay, so they've called them the F+. I was wondering what they were going to do with them, because, yeah, Australia has decided that they, they're not going to lock out the Growler. They may get it, but they're not 100% sure and uh, what they've done, yeah, as, as you are saying there, what they've done is they've set up some of the aircraft to have all the, um, you know, the plumbing, you might say, to be ready to become a growler if they do go and get the extra pods and the uh, extra internal equipment. So that's great news. They've actually called it the F+. I didn't realise I was going to do that. I thought it was just going to be a special case. Amazing.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, Grant. When I first saw this article, it popped up in my, uh, one of my RSS feeds today, and it said the first F-A-8-N-F flies for the RAF, and I'm thinking, hang on a minute, there's already about a dozen of them here, so that can't be right. Until I saw that it was the ah. F-A-18 F-plus spec. So uh, that's that's really interesting. And uh, the, the picture that we see here of aircraft, which is uh, A-44-213, it's already painted up with six squadron uh, markings on the tail fins. Now, um, six squadron, for those who don't know, is currently an F-111 squadron based up at Ambley in Queensland. So uh, there's no doubt about uh, where that aircraft is going. It's been kind of interesting to watch how the RAF is going to position these aircraft to, you know, to take over the role of the F-111 uh, because obviously these aircraft, I guess, weren't, specifically designed to perform exactly the same roles as an F-111 was. In fact, it was interesting, uh, we were were joking around with Matt Hall recently who was an FA 18 pilot and we asked him, Grant, if he'd uh, ever flown in an F-111 and he sort of joked and said, oh yes, I've flown in a B-111 before so we thought that was pretty funny. (laughs) The F-111 is
1: being able to project Australia's air power to a very large part of the world, especially in the uh, parts north of Australia. Uh, with its extremely long range and its very low level, uh, not stealthy, but low level uh, penetration of airspace by uh, staying masked by terrain so replacing it has always been on the cards as something very very difficult and acknowledged they couldn't actually really replace the aircraft but what they're doing is replacing the, the F-11's uh, precision long range strike with uh, standoff cruise missiles so the, the super hornets will get it in close enough with tanking that they can airborne release them or even off a P-3 Orion or from, a, uh, from one of the Navy's ships and those cruise missiles can go and do what the air- F-111 used to do with bombs.
0: And it's just as well that we're getting all those new tanker aircraft. Oh, but let's not go there, Grant.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, the MRTT is going along pretty well, as far as I'm aware. They're chalking up the runs on that. That project so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing those when they come in and in fact a contact we had uh, in the in the Royal Australian Air Force has gone from deep south of Victoria all the way up to Amberley apparently he's going to be transferring onto the uh, onto the tank uh, force I uh, don't think he's going to be a pilot at this stage but I believe he's got his sight set on flying right or left seat in the t- in the MRTT which would be good for him awesome Uh, as a a bit of a segue here here we've got Australia getting the latest of the coolest of the uh, Super Hornets as we wait for the super cool F-35 to finally get here and the Kiwis are still having problems with their A-4s Uh, as many of you may know the uh, Kiwis got rid of their frontline combat fighter force and they have wound up uh, mothballing them and trying to sell them. They finally got approval from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms to be able to sell them due to the uh, charges and the ejection seat they had to go through all those hoops. Approval was given, but the latest news is that that approval has timed out. They have not done anything with the sale, and the approval window has closed. So I'm not sure of all the exact details there. I need to do a bit more reading on that one, but it's not looking for the QEA4s. In fact, there's rumours floating around that if this all falls apart, they may actually wind up going to museums.
0: Yeah, well, they've been in the ground for so many years now, Grant, they might as well put them in museums.
1: Yeah, well, they're, they're, as David likes to point out, they have the avionics fit out of an F-16.
0: Yeah, it is, it is rather sad what happened to the New Zealand Air Force, but we've talked about that many times in the past, Grant. Uh, Probably before your mobile phone uh, craps out there, Grant, it's a little bit windy and a little bit difficult to hear you, so uh, just give us a bit of a quick trip report. You must have flown up with, uh, was it Virgin or Jetstar?
1: Oh, no. It was definitely Virgin. We flew up Virgin, but unfortunately, I forgot to do the seat booking the night before. So we wound up in right at the back, second row from the back, right in the kitty corner. So we had a couple of screamers around us, but uh, you know, we just knuckled down and got through it. It's only an hour and a half, two-hour flight. It's pretty simple. But other than that, the, serv- the flight was good. The service was great. It was the typical Virgin kind of thing that we've uh, grown to love and enjoy. So, uh, yeah, it came up last Tuesday. We're going back this Tuesday. So as you guys are listening to this, I'm probably heading on the way back down to Melbourne.
0: Well, Grant, uh, I'll let you go to enjoy your holiday. Now, uh, you know, you, you probably your, uh, your your partner and your, and your son would probably like to go somewhere else besides the airport. Maybe you should go down the beach.
1: Oh, well, we've been doing that. We've been going down the beach. And, in fact, I've been on the balcony and or the beach a couple of times and I think I've seen a couple of F-18s at very low level scooting <laughs> up the coastal run. So, uh, you know, and Nikolai being the true um, third or fourth generation flyboy uh, has been very quick to go. They're definitely F-18s, Dad. I saw the twin tails. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, <laughs> the kids are genius. All right. Right, folks we'll leave it there and uh, we'll wish, wish Grant a happy holiday and uh, wish wish I was having a holiday I could use one but until next week I'm Steve Fisher and I'm Grant Karen. cheers folks